For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Morning Show. The Home Team. No, it's both. It's the crossover. Crossover, step back. Presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen right here on 960theref.com. Episode 112, it's the Crossover Podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville and also now in Five Points. Chris Brame and David Johnston with you getting ready for the home finale. Season flies by Georgia and uh, Texas A&M coming up in just a couple of days as uh, we record this. So, of course, we'll talk about that and you know, maybe how the college football playoffs uh, rankings are situated and what's uh, left to be determined over these next Two regular season weekends, and then at least for Georgia, Georgia one of four teams in the country that has clinched a spot in the uh, in a conference championship game. One of the four is also the first team to not cover against Akron this year, though. Miami of Ohio. Good riddance to that streak from last night. Yes. Akron didn't win. Miami of Ohio did win, but for the first time this year, Akron failed to cover, so they are now 1-10 ATS. You know, here's a quick little funny note on Miami of Ohio, or I guess they're just Miami. But you remember last year they went 6-6, six and six, and they were one of four teams that didn't make it to a bowl game. And one of the other teams was Louisiana Monroe. And they wanted to try to schedule each other for a game. Yeah. Do you remember all that? Yeah. Because they, they were saying uh, David Saylor is their AD, and he was like, hey, why – you know, we should get the two extra weeks of practice time like all these other teams that qualified for a bowl, and we should be able to play another opponent, which I don't disagree with. And then I never really heard anything about that. I didn't, and I didn't really go back and look, but I remember that was a thing for them when the bowl spots were announced. And then last week, Miami, whoever they played, they jumped out to a gigantic lead at halftime. It's probably Bowling Green. It might have been. Yeah. And I guess there was the assumption that they were going to do that to Akron last night because they're like a 29-point favorite. They only won by three points. Yeah. But it, it is kind of interesting that they didn't get to a bowl game at 6-6 six and six last year and wanted to try to play somebody, and then I never heard anything about that. Didn't – when Georgia Southern first jumped up and they've got that stupid rule where – for like the first year you're up you can't go to a bowl game or something yeah yeah didn't they also because they went like eight and four or something and they tried to they wanted to schedule a game uh to play with someone and they were told no and i'm just like <laughs> i would just do it then why stop asking for permission yeah just do it yeah and then see what they say i thought i think maybe i remember something like that with southern plus from, what is the why is that the rule that when yeah, you the, jump up and classify, but you can't play in a bowl game. I, yeah, I, I have no idea. I've never understood what that. the sense if is. If there is some that. kind of sensical reason to it, well, it, it's never been explained well, to me. It's just it, there's just nothing but it's constant head scratching with just about anything the NCAA does. Like uh, this James Wiseman, he's got to sit twelve games. By the way, does that mean he'll he won't play against us? He will not. Okay, 
Um, well, that's a bummer. I know. But then, like, see, that's another thing. Yeah, not. But he also has to donate eleven thousand five hundred dollars to a charity of his choice. Like, where does where does he get that money? He's probably just gonna have to hit up another booster. Coach Hardaway will give it to him. Yeah, right. So it's just this vicious cycle of well, now you're gonna be on additional probation because you needed a, a booster to get loan you money to pay to a charity. So, and I was trying to dig through it this morning. Do they forfeit those games that he played in? Where they thumb their nose at the NCAA? I, what I happens with that? I don't know because they had two games, wasn't it? Yeah, or, but they actually they did get a a judge to yeah, issue an, a court order, like an injunction. Yeah, so maybe because of that, because of they, that, they, they don't have to forfeit. And this is the thing, and I, I get it. This isn't about like a player's likeness or an image or anything. I mean, this is like cheating. I think like kind of like Memphis, you know, because at the time Penny was. He what, was just an, an alum coach, then, yeah. and he was an alum. He wasn't their head coach, but there was still some weird goings on. Right, like he obviously had a connection exactly, to the school. Exactly, exactly. So. so this wasn't about denying Wiseman his chance to, to to play or anything like that. This And even Jay Billis, you know, he's as anti-NCAA as it gets. And I remember a couple of weeks ago him being asked about it, and he was kind of like he wasn't really championing James Wiseman or anything. So I think even he realizes, like, this is about a school or potentially a school cheating. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this is a little different. This is a guy who's now the head coach. Yeah. Had loaned exactly. money to a guy he was later able to sign. Right. Yeah. That was his AAU player, right? I guess. Yeah. And he was, you know, a booster of the school. But anyway, all that being said, I'm like you. It's like, okay, this is a weird punishment. Yeah, like where's he supposed to get eleven thousand five hundred dollars? He's just a college student, right? <laughs> to donate to a charity. Yeah, I mean, obviously his earning potential for his future is very high. I get that, but how do you, do you go to a bank and say, "Yeah, I need an eleven thousand five hundred dollar loan," right? And I'm going to be the number one pick in the draft, which so I guess obviously. you could get it that way. Yeah, I guess so. You know, or you know, some agent can loan him money. Yes. Oh wait, I don't think that's allowed Jimmy either. Sexton, yeah, isn't he located in Memphis? Is he? He's located somewhere in the South because he represents pretty much every coach in the SEC. Him or <laughs> that of the fourteen? Him or that Trace Armstrong? Yeah, that former Gator, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's basically but those two. Sexton are the- represents everybody but Moorhead and Coach O, maybe. I'm, oh, I'm really? guessing on that. Yeah, Moorhead uh, makes sense because he was up there. In yeah. the, he's a Yankee. Yeah. I think it's 12 of the Even What about Mullen? Does he have Mullen? I think Mullen is in the Sexton camp. I think. Okay. So, but yeah, yeah he's got his tentacles and oh, everything. He's basically just moving one coach from this place to that and like, hey, will you hire this guy? Just do me a favor. Uh, put him on your staff as an assistant. It is, uh, it's a fascinating underworld in, uh, in college athletics. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we got uh, Georgia and Texas A&M this weekend and what uh, is expected to be a, a raucous weekend in Athens. Texas A&M, it's their first trip to uh, to town since joining the SEC. The first game the Aggies will play in Athens since uh, 1980. And I you know, I, I feel like similar to Notre Dame, you're going to have a lot of the, uh, the opposing fan base that's going to want to come and check out the town. Hey, by the way, so they were here in 1954 and won. With the Junction Boys. Correct. That was their only win. So, and that Georgia team, I think, went like three and six or something. So, Bear Bryant, coach 
of A&M. So he won here as coach of A&M, won here as coach of Kentucky and Alabama. So when we talk about coaches that have won in Athens with more than one team, he's actually did it. He actually did it with three. With teams. three, yeah. Because I always forget about A and M coming here. Yeah, that is right, isn't it? Yeah, A and M was he was the Junction but Boys. The Kentucky then, asked the. I guess the Kentucky we'd have to I look, gotta look up. look Kentucky up. Yeah, but if he did it with three teams, I know we we know A and M and we know Alabama for sure. I would assume Kentucky would also be. B1. But he was at Kentucky. Yeah, I would think so. He was at Kentucky from forty six to fifty three. Yeah, and they won an SEC title yeah. when he was there. Yeah. So, so you go, Bear Bryant. I'm now switching back to Bear Bryant being a greater coach than Nick Saban. The Nick's well, Saban never <laughs> won here with LSU, right? Nope. Because we smoked him in 04. Yep. He. Yeah. So he only won here with one team. The Bear cr- Bryant did it with three teams. The crazy thing is, is the the way that these conferences work now is. He's only been here once since he's been Bama's coach, right? 15? Yeah, that's it. So he's been in Alabama since 2007, and he's only made one trip to Athens. And I guess we've, we haven't been there since 07, right? We'll go there next year, I right. know, but. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's. So, yeah. What kind of a conference is that? And by the way, Bear Bryant may not have won here at, when he was the Kentucky coach. So if he was the Kentucky coach from 46 to 53. He may not have, so I may have to back down on that just a little bit. Well, take that, Bear Bryant. Yeah, so in 46, the Dogs beat Kentucky here, 28-13. 48, the Dogs beat Kentucky here, 35-12. And Georgia lost to Kentucky and Lexington, and then they didn't play again until 56. So so Bear won here with A&M and Alabama, but not Kentucky. All right. All right. I stand corrected. So it's still just a roster of there are a few guys who have won here with two different teams. Yeah, yeah, which is still a cool stat, but you know, it's. I thought I had Bear for three. Sorry about that. Dan Hawkins has lost here with two different teams. We've also got coaches That's who have right. lost with different teams. I think Rich Brooks is also on that list because he brought an Oregon, Oregon team, team here. Here, yep. And yeah, Kentucky. Yeah, he, he unfor- also won here. He also unfortunately <laughs> won here. That's the last time Kentucky yeah. beat us, though. Golly, that's crazy. Yeah, games like Saturday worry me though because it's the I, I I just like perception plays so much sometimes into for whatever reason into how these games go and I just do we get the sense that pe- people are starting to feel you know comfortable again and that Georgia's got ranked number four has the one loss as bad as it was at the time and you know A and M's got three losses that this is just kind of uh, should be an an easy contest and one that that Georgia shouldn't sweat too much because I think I think these teams are stacked up a little more evenly than maybe uh, maybe it seems on the surface. Well, how do you? I mean, like, so how do you kind of rationalize A and M? Because all right, Georgia has the loss to South Carolina and A and M has the non loss to Arkansas, where they could have lost that game. Yeah, that would have been a terrible loss. For some reason, that game is always tight. Yes, it is. And by the way, that non-loss to Arkansas was the same day that Clemson had the non-loss to uh, North Carolina. Yeah. So, and it's kind of funny, too, because, hey, if Rodrigo makes that field goal, who knows, maybe they play another overtime and Georgia wins. I don't know. I mean, we don't know. But I was going to ask you, so A&M's lost three times. They've lost to Clemson, they've lost to Auburn, and they've lost to Alabama. So, certainly they don't have a bad loss. But their wins are Texas State, Lamar – 
Arkansas, barely, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Texas San Antonio, and South Carolina. They don't have a marquee win either. No, they don't. Um, you know. So they've beaten everybody they should have beaten, and they've lost everybody they, you, that they would have lost to. Yeah, the one that stings for them would be the Auburn game at home. Yeah, for sure. Um, but like, not that Auburn's a, a bad team or anything, but that's one A&M was favored and they didn't win it. Yeah, and that was September 20. I mean, it's two months ago. Yeah, but I mean, I just I, I look at them. They've played Clemson and they've played Alabama at home. And I just, if, if Georgia had played Clemson and Alabama, how many losses would we have? Exactly. And the Clemson game was the second game of the season. And they did lose 24-10 to 10 on a horrible beat. Because they uh, they were down, they didn't do anything against Clemson that day. I mean, it was twenty four. No, they, they scored they, late. They sneaked into the back door. Yes, and they, they did. scored on the last play of the game. And then Alabama pretty much handled them too. Yeah, uh, back on October twelfth. Oh, by the way, speaking of bad beats, we got to bring up Georgia basketball from last night. But we'll. Yes, well, we do. <laughs> we that will. is the old hey and a meaningless three yeah, at the buzzer. Yeah, we'll no, get it to wasn't. That. Yeah, we'll get to that later. But yeah, with A and M, I'm just I'm having trouble because I'm scared to death of this game because A and M's good enough to beat you. It's a trap game potentially between Auburn and Tech, and you know already yeah. excited about Auburn, hey yeah. playing LSU yeah. in Atlanta. I guess the the carrot though for Georgia is is that hey you can't lit up in this game because if you do, you're out of the picture for the playoff. Right. And hopefully just the, the the fact that, hey, you lost at home as a three-touchdown favorite to yeah, South Carolina. Yeah. There's no taking anyone for granted. Exactly. But, yeah, you know, I, I think when you when you size up that they've played Clemson and they've played Alabama, I, I think the strengths of schedules between the, the two schools are, are pretty similar. And when you look at some of the other things like the – you know the success rates on offense and defense between the two they're pretty they're pretty lined up like I think the number's too high um yeah so but that doesn't mean that Georgia you know won't win the game or something they're favored by almost two touchdowns but I uh you know I I think there's still I think I think Georgia is a home team and we've seen I guess they finally covered against Missouri but that's the that's only the second time Georgia's covered at home this year yeah the other being Arkansas State well, do you look to at Texas A&M that they gave up 24 to Clemson, 28 to Auburn, 27 to Arkansas, 47 to Bama, 30 to Mississippi State? I mean, do you look at them that way too? Is okay, we're so caught up in Georgia's defense and lack of offense that, all right, this week we're going to play a very good team with good athletes, but not as good a defense as what we saw with um, – Auburn and probably not as good a defense as what we saw with Missouri or Florida or Florida so actually the next two well yeah really the next three weeks if you want to throw tech in there we're going to see defenses that aren't as good as the ones we've seen the last month or so yeah but I still think A&M's is pretty good though and um I know like when they played Clemson that was still the the part of the season where what Clemson was they were sleepwalking yeah but, you know, if Clemson only got 24 on him at home, like, I mean, how many do you think we can get on them? Yeah, I know. But then again, I look, you know, Auburn. Um, I guess the Bama game is the one that jumps out. They did give up 30 to Mississippi State. I don't remember. How did that game go? They I'd won have to, 49 to 30. Yeah, I'd have to look at a box I score. I don't remember what the, uh, the ebbs and flows yeah. were in that game. But, like, you know, Bama, their offense is just way better than ours. Yeah, so that's a good point. I just expect this game is like rinse and repeat from what we've seen. Georgia's gonna, you know, I, I think Georgia can you know get somewhere in the twenties, but it's gonna come down to you know how, how much can the defense shut down. Well, on the other side, talking about the 
this might be the from the defenses we faced over the last couple of weeks, Texas A&M's would rank, uh, like you said, behind Auburn's, behind Missouri's, behind Florida's, but their offense would be above any of those. So, so you put Ma, uh, Kellen Mond as the best quarterback Georgia's faced this year? Either him or Book still. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say him or Ian Book. Yeah. And it's really not close after that, would you say? I think Trask is going to be okay. Uh, maybe the guy for Tennessee, what's his name, Marrer, he'll be okay maybe. Yeah. But, I mean, these are guys that are – you know, came into the season as backups. Well, and when Georgia ran into Maurer, it was his first career exactly. start. Exactly. So, yeah. And then the but Bryant didn't play against us. I don't remember the name of the guy who started for Missouri that night. But uh, not that it mattered because Bryant uh, played against Florida and they still couldn't score. Hey, don't at me, but I think Bryant's a little overrated too. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I think he, he is. And I wonder if Kelly Bryant, Kelly Bryant, it's like, all right, well, he's good, but he's not. I wonder if there's other stuff going on there now. I know. You know, like things have started to come unraveled. Yeah, because they have chemistry is not there. I mean, Kentucky, seven points, shut out by Georgia. That's nothing. And then six against Florida. I mean, they have just been a disaster on offense. Of course, that game turned when Florida was credited with a catch on a ball that was intercepted. Yeah, exactly. And and they reviewed it. It was six to three at that point. Do you like them being a four-point favorite against Tennessee this weekend at home? I don't know. I mean, Tennessee is – they're clicking now. They are. They're going to a bowl game. Yeah, but that's back-to-back uh, back-to-back years. They've lost 50-17 to 17 to them. <laughs> the same score two years – that's weird, isn't it? Yeah. By the way, did you, did you know that the 21-14 for Georgia and Auburn was Scorigami in the series – is that, oh, I didn't that's know hard that. to believe that they played 124 times. And never just a standard. Never had a 21-14. Yeah. No, that's, that is bizarre. That is weird. Yeah. And then Tennessee and Missouri go 50-17 to 17 two years in a row. Yeah. 50-17, to 17, not a scoregami in the Tennessee-Missouri <laughs> series. <laughs> that is just bizarre. Yeah. But so Tennessee's got Missouri and Vandy to get bowl eligible. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like the Vols – can squeeze into if nothing else the independence bowl yeah well they've the the whole key to their season i think the whole time was the the vandy game yeah and now vandy's terrible so that's just if they lose to vandy for a fourth year in a row would be amongst the worst losses of the year any team in the school in fact i would almost say at this point now that would be a worse loss for tennessee than that opener to georgia state if they can't beat vandy this year and lose to them for a fourth year in a row let me tell you, I know it's only Twitter, <laughs> and Twitter is, you know, a lot of people just, you know, being outraged, but when their AD, Vandy's AD, came out, was it yesterday or the day before, and said, you know, Mason is their coach, ooh, the responses were not good. Man, well, who are they going to get? Not good. I don't like Mason all of a sudden. You know what's funny, though? He, he's got the stats where you can go, well, let's look at, let's look at Derek Mason this way. He's taken Vandy to, what, uh, two bowl games in the last four years because they're not going one this year. He's beaten Tennessee, what, three years in a row. But if you want to look at the other side, he's never had a winning season at Vandy either. No, I know. They're, like, their records have looked like Vandy records. But until this year, and this is just like my attitude about him as – you know a Georgia fan that sees them every year is they to me have never been like whenever you've had to play them like like the an easy out like you're oh you know we're gonna smoke them and and just beat them there's always been some at least 
concern in the back right. of your head that it's going to be a tougher game than it has been in the past. But in the end, they're still they're losing more than they're winning, and their records kind of resemble Vandy. But this is the year where the first time it got really bad, like where they're getting blown out at home by UNLV, it's like, you know, Woody Woodenhofer has returned. Yeah, and UNLV may be making a coaching change. Yeah, they so, like they stink. Yeah, and yeah, the, they beat Missouri, which was a head scratcher. But now we look back on it, Missouri can't do anything. Yeah, they've offense. got something going on. But yeah, when Florida and, and that was the one a couple of weeks ago where Florida normally struggles after they play Georgia. In a lot of years, it's been Vanderbilt, right? And most of the time, Florida beats them, but they don't cover. And then here's Florida as a 27-point favorite following the Georgia game. You feel like, okay, this is going to be lit down city. And Florida beats them 56 to nothing. Yeah. Like, what? Well, and like even and after – noon kickoff in Gainesville. I, I know. That, that's not supposed to happen. Yeah. And after like Mason gave that – after they beat Missouri – and he gave that that the interview on the after the game. The mic drop. That, yeah. that apparently didn't spark anyone. <laughs> apparently not, because they have they have been out. They've only scored twenty one points in three games since the mic drop. Yeah, that's it. And they've given up well over a hundred. So yeah, they've been bad. And I then, guess they'll beat East Tennessee this weekend, and yeah. then they got to go to Knoxville and then Tennessee that's the big one the other yeah. comedy though is what's going on at South Carolina with yes constant uh Will's our coach through the end of the season and then you know the vote of confidence vote of confidence and then South Carolina goes and lays an egg last week against Texas A&M and then the president is saying that Ray Tanner contacted Florida State to talk to them about how they came up with the money to do Willie Taggart's buyout, and then like, no, 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 he misspoke. That didn't really happen. It's uh, like, yes, it did. Yeah, it's just uh, it's it's comical over there All right. now. Well, it's kind of funny. We started out talking about Jimmy Sexton. Now we've come back around here to Jimmy Sexton. Yeah, because that's Will's agent, right? And I think we don't need to be naive enough to realize that. It's not just the president of the university or the head or uh, the AD of the university that's calling shots on these coaches. Jimmy Sexton or you mentioned Trace Armstrong, they call a lot of these shots too. So if there's a situation where these schools don't want to be with a coach, they want to part ways, or if uh, you know the coach is he's tired of it too, they can get it worked out. Right, and it'll involve putting another Jimmy uh, Sexton in, maybe right. another one of his guys. Right, put another one of my guys in there, yeah, and we can exactly. take care of you. Exactly. Yeah, and I know for a fact we've hired assistant coaches here before, basically as favors. As favors. Yes. 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 Yep. And we're not the only school that's done that. No, and that's where you know, so something might happen to to Will, and then the next thing you know, he's an analyst for Kirby or an exactly. intern. But an agent, and I'm not just talking about Jimmy Sexton. I'm talking about any agent can go to a school and say hey i can get you this coach but i also want you to hire another coach yes that has happened here <laughs> it's probably happened everywhere yeah it's happened i'm but sure it's happened everywhere it but we know for a fact here. it's happened here yeah. and recently yeah that coach isn't here anymore he eventually <laughs> yes. was moved on but exactly the, you know the back was scratched yeah. and that was all so when the coaching carousel starts when the cycle starts after the season and for a few schools, it's already started. Just remember, there's the basically the the underground stuff that's going on as well. 
Yeah. So everything may not be quite as it appears on the surface. All right, the crossover podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Athens and in Watkinsville, the Athens location in Five Points in the old Waffle House building. Ate there last night. Oh yeah, the home team. In fact, that's that's what she ate. I did. Is that is it? It's, it's a not named pizza, after the home Chris, team, though, though, is it? It's a good meat pizza. Oh, there you go. It is delicious. So the home team comes recommended yes at fully loaded pizza kitchen so does carol uh subscribe to us on itunes or uh listen anytime on demand at 960theref.com or better yet the 960theref app if you haven't downloaded the app yet what are you waiting for get to the uh, app store if you have an iphone or google play with an android and uh, you've got 960theref listen wherever you are listen to all of our on-demand content like this here crossover podcast or also, you can stream all Georgia sports programming within a 75-mile geofence of Athens. We'll uh, take a quick little timeout, and then we'll come back. And, yes, we will talk about Georgia's fifth consecutive win over Tech in basketball, but uh, also that not-so-meaningless three that the Jackets <laughs> threw in at the buzzer. And maybe another Falcons mentioned, too. I mean, what in the world has gotten into them? It's the Crossover Podcast here on 960theref.com and... The 960 The Ref app. True Italian food has returned to Five Points and brought some friends along because Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen is now open in Five Points, Athens. At the new Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen, you'll find all your Italian favorites from pizza to calzones and baked ziti, along with sandwiches, salads, wings, and more, plus a full bar for beer, wine, and cocktails. It's time to eat at the now open Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen at Five Points in Athens and also in the Manders Crossing Shopping Center off Mars Hill Road in Washington. Episode 112, Part 2, the crossover podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville and now in Five Points in Athens. Chris and Dave with you for another couple of minutes. And so was Georgia's big lead against Tech, was it it was 16? Yes. 15-50, under the first TV timeout there in the second half. Yeah, so Georgia led by as many as, uh, Hmm. as 16. Now, at the end of the game... For most of the second half, the game wasn't in doubt. Right. The only thing that was in doubt was minus five and a half. And sure it's what enough, it closed at. Well, yesterday morning, we had it at four and a half, and then it closed at five and a half. Did you have five and a half? Five and a half, yeah. Uh, although in what we're about to talk about, it doesn't matter whether it was four and a half or five and a half. No, not at all. Yeah. So there's like a couple. Th- so Georgia's up eight at one point. Mm-hmm. Tech hits a three, misses, shoots a three, misses. Of course, they get the offensive rebound, fire it back out, hit a three, boom, five-point game. They foul with like a second left. I thought there was a second left. And then Georgia goes and hits the two free throws. Was that Gresham? Yeah. Yeah, I think. So it's a seven-point game. But, hey, there's like a second left, but except there weren't. There were like three seconds left. Yeah. And then, anyway, Tech throws in. Michael? Bell Biv DeVoe. Yes. <laughs> who scored 34 last night. The last three were game-changing. How many of those were just those, basically the the threes at the end of the game? I know. Because he hit the other one I was just talking yep. about, too. Then got him the 31, and then he got the 34. Yeah, so. so he just chunks it in from beyond half court. There's a great – have you seen the little gif or video – or the gif of um, when he hits that three, there's a guy sitting on the front row. I guess it's a Georgia guy. He just gets up and he's all disgusted. <laughs> no, I, 
I no, I've I haven't. Uh, that wasn't you, was it? It wasn't. Yeah, and I didn't see it. Uh, I didn't see it happen. But I was, I was kind of following. And I'm not going to, but I was following along on my uh, my phone. <laughs> and you know, I see like it said one second. Gresham hits the two, three the two free throws, and then all of a sudden it just went eighty two seventy eight final. <laughs> and so I'm I'm immediately I'm texting Jeff. I'm like, from where on the court was that? Watch Somebody the guy highlights him. Yeah, in the shadow. Yeah, that guy had minus five and a he half. He was not happy. And we led by 16. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's I'm like, sorry to laugh. No, if that guy's it, listening, I, I feel your pain. No, I mean, listen, I'm right there. Uh, I'm right there with you. And But it's like, and it's it's sad, too, because it, at the end of the day, like, oh, wait, Georgia beat Tech for a fifth straight time. The dogs are 4-0. Oh. and uh, But if you did, if you, if you like to dabble in that uh, – and that kind of thing, it, it's it completely spoiled the uh, the night. Yes, which I hear so many people tell us when we do the Bud Light three for all in the mornings. I don't play Georgia for that reason. For that reason, yeah. And then the other end too is like Tech burns you. Exactly. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But thank goodness, straight up, the dogs won the game last night. Held on to win eighty two seventy eight. Here's the funny thing. Georgia got to 82 despite not scoring for the first basically five minutes of the game. Yeah. And still got to 82. Under the previous regime, if Georgia hadn't scored in the first five minutes of the game, they would have been lucky to get to 50. So I like this brand of basketball better. If I'm going to not win a game, or excuse me for saying this, not cover a game, I'd rather it be around the 80 mark than the 50 or 55 mark. That's just painful to watch. You no, know, when every game was like, well, there's two minutes to go and it's 50 to 49. It felt like that was every <laughs> single game. Brutal. Yeah, but there's so first of all, the the concerns about you know this team maybe being one that would turn the ball over a lot is they have not. They have not. Nope. And they had an eight turnover game against uh, was it the last Citadel? One? The Citadel, yeah. Yeah, and then they had a. How many did they have last night? They had 13. Yeah, they had 11 against Delaware State. So it's like, I mean, Georgia could have like. in the first one, I think. Or yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Like Georgia could go a half last year and maybe have 19 well, I was turnovers. I going to say, and I'm sure Coach Green would say, well, 13 turnovers, that's a lot. But then again, when Georgia was averaging over 20 last year, this is a great, great number. Yeah. And the guy who now seems to be really like flourishing with. Uh, with with Anthony Edwards on the team is like Hammonds, who was remember Hammonds was a big time recruit, and his career has just kind of had its its ups and downs. But his last two outings, he's looked like that's the guy we we it kind of hoped he would be when he signed here. And when you do it against Delaware State, you might shrug it off a little bit. But he did it last night too, and he did it in the first half. Now he did get into foul trouble, but then what happened when he got in foul trouble? The five-star number yeah. one player in the country took over. Then he takes over. Yeah, and even against Citadel, he didn't. Uh, Hammonds didn't score a lot, but he was like four of eight shooting. Yeah. So, you know, his uh, he got off to a cold start against Western Carolina, but his last three games, he's been, you know, he's been really good. So if you add that potential to the uh, to the mix this season, this could be something special. Georgia's got brewing. How do you like the little guy, Severe Wheeler? I yeah. love that guy. Yeah. No, I like awesome. him, and then. Uh, you know, Gresham, you know, he was a veteran coming from North. That Northeastern team was good. They were in the tournament last year. Everyone thought yeah. that they were going to beat uh, Kansas in the first round. You know, it's, like, it's funny because I'm sitting there watching the game last night. It's like, who's this number 30? It was Mike Peak, a guy from Kansas. Like a three-star from Kansas. I'm sure Kansas or Kansas State didn't want him. Yeah. 
And he played seven minutes last night. I don't think he had played before last night. I mean, giving George a little energy there, too. I think he dunked once on a nice little dish from Ant-Man. So it's funny. I'm still trying to figure this team out because there's so many new faces. But they're definitely, you know, exciting, fun to watch. They're going to get, you know, next week, uh, Dayton is the opponent on Monday, and they're one of the favorites to win the Atlantic 10. Right. They're always solid. They're always good. And then – George is either going to play Michigan State or whoever they're paired up with in the second round. And then you got uh, Kansas on the other side, and I think UCLA and – We're Chaminade. They're playing Kansas. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they get Kansas first. I don't know why. They want to recreate the Ralph Sampson upset. Could we play Chaminade next week? They're on the other side of the bracket. So okay. the, only, the only way you could play would either be like for first place or eighth place, I guess. Oh, uh, okay. Is that right? Would that be right? I don't know. I don't know those terms. But they're on the other side. Yeah. I'm yeah. not sure how it how it plays out. But I know Georgia could play Michigan State, which is you know Coach Green's got the ties to Coach Izzo, and then I'm just drawing a blank on who Michigan State's playing, but it's another good team. Yeah, I can't. What is it? Georgetown? Are they out there? I don't know. Uh, I can't remember either. But it has. It is a good field. Yeah, very good field. And Georgia's never played in this tournament before. No, yeah. So that starts Monday. Yeah. The um, And then the Falcons are – Oh, my gosh. What is going on with them? They're the best team in the NFL it, for da- two, the last two weeks. Dave, they're the best three and seven team in the NFL. <laughs> they are indeed the best uh, three and seven team. Like, I'm going to have to – I was planning on watching – Virginia Tech is oh, the other team. Okay, the Hokies. Virginia Tech plays Michigan State. Well, their guy left, though, for Texas for A&M. Texas A&M, I know. That's right. So, yeah, excuse me. Yeah, but the Falcons, I don't – I can't – you know, are you – are you? does this make the indictment on Dan Quinn even worse, or do you feel better? I don't know. I can't – I feel it's like It's maddening it, to me. I feel like it does because it's – he fired himself as defensive yeah. coordinator, and now the defense is unstoppable. And Raheem Morris got moved during the right. off week. So, like, why was he even over there to begin with? Yeah, why was he coaching receivers yeah. or whatever? Because now he's what is so uh, Albrecht is calling the defense some, and then Morris is calling the defense like the two minute defense. Okay, so <laughs> they're splitting up duties. But so the guy who now is calling part some of your defense, he was the running backs coach for the first eight games. He was on the offensive side. He was on the offense. Yeah, whatever it was, running yeah. back receiver. I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those where if you're a Falcons fan, are you? Are you happy or just make you more upset that this team was one and seven? Me personally, it's the frustrating thing to me was how bad they were in the first half of most of those games. Unprepared. In the first half of the season. Yeah, they looked like they hadn't even practiced, watched any kind of film or anything. Yeah. And these last two weeks, it's been just the opposite. But where was that before? I don't know. The bye week came and they made some changes and so far it's, it's clicked. They haven't even given up a touchdown. Yeah, and one of those teams was the Saints was in New Drew Orleans. Brees. And I, I, I was wanted to watch the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving, but now I'm going to have to watch the Saints and Falcons. <laughs> well, think about it. They kept Drew Brees out of the end zone and Christian McCaffrey out of the end zone. Now, McCaffrey did have a bunch of yards in that game Sunday, but he didn't score. Yeah, like he he's in the MVP talk. Exactly. Although Lamar Jackson will win it. but You think McCaffrey was in the end zone at the end of the Packers game? I there's feel, no way to know. There's no way to know. I, I think he probably was. Yeah. The one way to know would be to have the Hawkeye system. Exactly. Just, I know. You know, eyeballs at replay. Yeah. But yeah. 
But no, they still use two sticks and a chain yeah, to, and then, to measure first downs. And then they, they actually do have pylon cams, but the problem is is if one of the players is standing in between that and the play, like you're not going to be able to see yeah. it. Which Who's one? the receiver for uh, Carolina? Is it uh, – used to play at South Carolina. Um, is it, or maybe not – is it Moore, DJ Moore? It was either him or like maybe Curtis Samuel. Uh, it was one of them was the one standing in – like it had – and it wasn't his fault. No, I mean, it was, was just where he was standing, but it was blocking the view. Yeah, like you couldn't see because yeah. he was standing there. <laughs> and he kind of threw his arms out. Like maybe he didn't feel like he had gotten in or something. Like his reaction was kind of like, ah. Oh. Yeah. But he and, was standing there, but I don't know. Yeah, but there's no way to tell, though. That's the thing. Right. And, you know, probably he didn't know either. I guess it was Moore, I think, was the one that was standing there. But, yeah, so McCaffrey got held out of the end zone by the Packers there at the end, and then the mighty Falcons – and it's weird, too, because you're seeing Vic Beasley make plays. You know, you're seeing Tack McKinley make some plays. Yep. I know the pass rush. I'm surprised rush. Grady Jarrett's making plays, but, like, where has this all been? And then, you know, Claiborne is back now, and he's been making yep. some plays. Now, I'll say this. Um, Kyle Allen finally came back down to earth. Yeah. That was – even Ron Rivera said, yeah, he's done okay for us, but, he, you know, he was – not very good on Sunday. Now, are they going to be so help. sure that they are they are getting rid of Cam now? <laughs> I just think Cam's the product of, um, you know, this, this new quarterback system in the NFL where even a guy like Cam, a physical specimen, as big as he is, his body can only take the hits for so long. Yeah. You know? Well, and he's not one that's – he's making anyone miss. He's going in there. And, exactly. It's caught up with him. Yeah. It's tough. All right, uh, dogs and Aggies this weekend. We'll come back next week to uh, talk about it and uh, then even preview tech. It'll be tech week. Can we beat tech? I think we will beat Can tech. We, <laughs> are we good? Do we get a Christmas tree? I, I think we're going to beat LSU in the SEC championship game. But, but what about Saturday? But that's the thing. I'm also I'm, I'm panicked about Saturday. See, I'm, I'm like, I think the SEC championship is connected to this Saturday. I just kind of feel like Georgia's become one of those schools that's become victim to the playoff where if 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 you get your playoff hopes snubbed at the end of the year, you're going to check out. Right. And I know even so if Georgia loses this, even if they win the SEC title, then they're not going to the playoff. Right. But is where's the motivation? Yeah. I know it's like, yeah, you got a chance to win the SEC championship, but it doesn't feel like that anymore if you get knocked out of the playoff. Well, and the other thing dangling out there, too, is if Georgia did beat LSU, that could open the door for Justin Fields to win the Heisman. And Alabama to get in the playoff. No? Yeah. I mean, they have or no, does Alabama needs. Alabama would need LSU, they need LSU to, win. to win. Yeah, yeah you're right. They would you're need. Right. It. I think because I think LSU is going to be in whether they win or lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they they need to not. So Alabama needs Georgia knocked out of the picture, right? Yes. Bama does because basically, like you're saying, LSU is going to get in no matter what. So if Georgia beats LSU, that's bad for Alabama. Yeah, I think the most clear cut thing that will happen that could happen now is we is Ohio State and Clemson went out and we beat LSU that's the four yeah now they'll change the order yeah. I figure we'd if Clemson and 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 uh and, and Ohio State would be one and two we'd be three and LSU would be four yeah but I think that's the the simplest thing we lose and then that opens the door for well do you take the big 
12 champ? Do you take the Pac-12 champ? Or do you do you let Matt Jones in the I playoff? Just, I mean, even if Bama does go out there and win at Auburn, I just feel like the two factor is is killing them. I It should. Yeah. But they're still fifth. I know. I yeah. agree. I agree. And they're legit. It's not like there's anything wrong with them. No. It's but, other than we're just sick of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, of course. That, yeah. Yeah. All right, the Crossover Podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen. As always, subscribe on iTunes or listen anytime on demand at 960theref.com. Or better yet, tap the 960theref app. got that right. And if you haven't had it yet, then go and get it now. Download it today. It's in the the App Store if you have an iPhone or get it at uh, Google Play on an Android. For Dave, I'm Chris. This has been the Crossover Podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen here on 960theref.com and the 960 The Ref app. You've been listening to The Crossover presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen on 960theref.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.